0: Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. you doing good? Yes. Uh, I'm going to carry on, I'm doing good, thanks. I'm going to carry on with Psalm 23. And it's Psalm 23 for the year 23. And I believe it's a prophetic and powerful word. And I want us to get it in our heart and in our spirit for this year. And it begins with, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's what David could say, and that's what I can say. Can you say that today? The Lord is my shepherd. Because there's wonderful promises that follow uh, us when we make the Lord the shepherd of our life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because I have all that I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures that talks of provision. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. I love that. He leads me beside the still waters. That, to me, speaks of peace and tranquility and being with God, and He restores my soul. This year, for me personally, I want to lean into Sabbath rest. And Sabbath rest is so much more than simple rest. It's so much better than resting in Netflix or resting in other things. And Sabbath rest is actually being aware of God and his greatness and his goodness and his love towards us, being aware of that third word that uh, for us, that I am loved, I am forgiven, I am valuable, I am precious, I am wanted. That's what Sabbath rest is, is being aware of God in a moment, still waters, allowing Him to restore us. And uh, on Thursday, uh, I had a list of things I wanted to do, but at 10 o'clock, I had a cup of tea, and uh, often what I'd do is I'd just start looking at my my list and maybe flicking out some messages or or doing other things, but I actually thought, no, I'm going to take a moment right here. And on Thursday at 10 o'clock, I sat down with my cup of tea. And that can wait. And I just wanted to be aware of God and that I was with him and that he was for me. And just be aware of the bigness and the sovereignty of God and how much he loves me. And all of a sudden my list wasn't feeling so important. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't feeling so important, you know, doing, doing the list. It was just... To be aware of God. You see how we can have rest but not Sabbath rest? How often do we think we're resting but we're going through Facebook or Instagram or going through the news or or doing all these other things but to actually take a moment to be by the still waters and allow God to restore our soul is powerful. So I want to lean into Sabbath rest and, and that's the place where he restores us, being still, being quiet. And another word for restore would be revive, and which is revival. And often we think of revival as an event that will happen where God shows up as if he hasn't been there before. He suddenly shows up and there's healings and there's miracles and signs and wonders, and, and I want that. But revival can be something that we live in every day. As we come to the still waters and allow him to restore us, to revive us, to refresh us, and to be aware of his greatness. For him to do that. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. The rod and the staff are shepherding tools. And the Lord goes with us in the valleys. I just uh, seen Cornelius there this morning and I was thinking about being in South Africa in 2017 and it felt kind of nice having a national champion boxer (laughs) walk beside you when you're in South Africa. (laughs) But that's what our shepherd's like, he walks beside us. Even in the valley he walks beside us and uh, sheep, they, um, they don't have claws, and their teeth are made for chewing grass, so they got no way of protecting themselves against the wolves and the lions and the bears. Like, they need a shepherd. But uh, I grew up in a place called Waitaki Bridge, which is just north of Omaroo and back when I was a child, um, there was no dairy farm cows there. It was just bony, stony ground with a few sheep on it. It's all beautiful uh, grass now with cows on it, thanks to irrigation. But uh, it was just sheep there when I was a... A child, And uh, you think of uh, a sheep in a paddock in New Zealand. There's no predators and they're fenced in so they can't walk off a cliff, they can't walk into a river, they can't walk onto the road. They've got to be safe. But I remember uh, going past sheep and you'd see them cast. <laughs> they would lie in a bit of a hollow or some soft ground and then they couldn't get up again. It just shows how sheep really need a shepherd. So you'd you'd go in and you'd grab this sheep and you'd grab it by the wool and you'd pick it up and you'd lean it in against your legs and you'd hold it there for about a minute or so and hopefully it got its bearings again and push it on its way and if it fell over again, pick it up and repeat process until... These silly sheep, I mean. And David's like going... I'm a sheep and you're my shepherd and God I need you to watch over me, to protect me and to keep me me safe and look after me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. These are shepherding instruments. But they also symbolize the word of God and being guided by the Holy Spirit. The rod is a symbol for the word of God. And the word of God is good for us because it can correct us. Adjust us. Have you ever read the Bible and you have a little bit of a whack because you, <laughs> you've been out of alignment? <sighs> it stings. Oh, God. <laughs> yep, you're right. I need to adjust that attitude. That's what the Word of God does for us. It's like a rod. It corrects us. And the staff is for guiding and directing us. And that's a symbol for the Holy Spirit because he's our guide. He's the one that leads us. He's the one that encourages us. And so the rod and the staff, the word of God and the Holy Spirit are so important for us if we're going to allow God to lead us through this life. Yeah, they are. walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. All through the study of Psalm 23, we've seen how the Lord is our good shepherd, our protector, our daily provider, our peace and rest, and our guide through every circumstance. We know about God's faithfulness, that he leads us through dark valleys while watching over us with his rod and staff. All of that is amazing enough to prompt us to praise him. But we may wonder what happens after we pass through the valley. What does the Lord do then? What comes after the valley? Because I believe we all go through a valley. And some of us are even going through the valley now. But what happens after the valley? We have wonderful provision and breakthrough so can I encourage you to persevere through the valley. There is blessing, provision, abundance on the other side. Look at this, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. Now sheep aren't the smartest creature You go to the circus and you'll see a trained elephant, you'll see trained lions, trained animals of every sort, but you will not see a trained sheep. (laughs) So when David's talking to the Lord saying, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, I think it's just got personal now. Yes, you're my shepherd, you lead me like a shepherd leads sheep, but actually you're my friend, you're my host, you're somebody that I can have a meal with. You could train a dog to sit at the table. That'd sit up there, no worries, wouldn't they? But a sheep, no. See how it's just got personal? (laughs) This is about David sitting at the table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And that's the title of today's message. You anoint my head with oil, My cup runs over. I don't think a a sheep could use a cup either, could they? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in your house, in the house of the Lord forever. After you leave the valley, you will find his holy table. The table illustrates abundance, satisfaction and everlasting love. God's people can feast at this table of endless love and grace and no enemy of any sort can ever take it away. They can only feel annoyed that you were victorious and prosperous in spite of them. King David says to the Lord, "'You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies.'" portraying his close relationship to God as an honoured dinner guest. As a gracious host, the Lord attends to David's every need, showering him with personal care, abundant goodness, protection from his enemies, and eternal blessing. And I picture this table, and I imagine it being a whole lot more than a Marmite sandwich. <laughs> I imagine it being like the table on Christmas Day, or the table of a buffet restaurant. Blessing and abundance at the Lord's table. David had many adversaries, but in the presence of the Lord seated at his table, they posed no threat because David had guest rights with the Lord. In the ancient East, a host was obligated to safeguard his visitors from all enemies at all costs. Wow, there's peace at the table. God the host welcomes his guest David to a feast already prepared and spread out for him on the table as it was for David. It is for all believers who accept the invitation to dine at the Lord's table. Jesus said, and he was quoting out of Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone. (laughs) So I think this table is so much more than natural food because man shall not live by bread alone. It's interesting. um, Think about that scripture. Who was he quoting that to? Our enemy, the devil. Wow. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And if I just sit with that, I think uh, we need so much more than food. If I was to put you in a room and say this room had a beautiful table of food and a toilet a shower and everything that you needed I think you want more than just provision of food I believe we want food for our mind food for our soul food for our spirit I believe within all of us there's a call and a purpose for us to move into to give us meaning and purpose We don't just want food, we want fellowship, we want connection, we want God. We want so much more than food alone. And the Word of God provides us food for the, the soul, food for the mind, food for the spirit. So every Sunday when you come out, it's a chance to have a meal out of the Word of God. And may I propose that Psalm 23 is steak, eggs and chips. That's pretty good food for us to chew on. And it's food for the soul and food for the spirit. An ancient custom of hospitality and respect shown to honour dinner guests was the host to anoint his guest's head with oil. It would be oil mixed with the fragrance, and uh, it would be so refreshing in the Middle East to have that aroma and that smell around you. It would refresh you, it would revive you, and uh, and, so David knows what it is like to be an anointed guest. In Psalm 23, verse 5, David said to the Lord, "'You anoint my head with oil, because he regarded himself as the Lord's special guest.'" David had been invited to dine now and forever at the Lord's table and to receive his favourable anointing. Now and forever. Just stop and think. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a meal with the Lord and he prepared the table for us? Once in a lifetime, that would be pretty amazing. Gosh, to be an honoured guest where you could go every week and have a meal with the Lord. But David recognises that he has an invitation to the table at any time. And when we make the Lord our shepherd, we have the same invitation. When I was uh, a young Christian, we often talk about quiet time and spending an hour with the Lord doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that you're to spend an hour with the, the Lord. Maybe it was when Jesus asked Peter and the disciples to keep watch for one hour. But it was kind of uh, sewn into you, that uh, quiet time and a time in stillness and reading your Bible and just being with God was a, a precious thing. And may I say it, it, it is. Those still waters, that time with God, just relaxing and may we see it like an open Bible and an open mind, like a time to have a meal with God at the table. And so David could go at any time to the table of provision that the Lord had. The statement, you anoint my head with oil, also symbolises David's gladness of heart. Oil is elsewhere associated in the Bible with joy. David felt so blessed by his host's gracious abundance, always providing more than he needed, that his cup of joy was at the spilling point. Just this week, I uh, got an amazing opportunity to share my testimony and talk about God and talk about this church with a tradesman. It was just like an amazing open door and an open opportunity that just stayed open it didn't shut you know how sometimes you're sharing and that's enough they've had enough and I need to stop well discussion just carried on for, for for the whole time I was with this person it was amazing opportunity to share about God and his goodness and it was amazing but for me what I personally liked is I was able to share from a full cup that was overflowing and there have been many times in my life where my cup has been low and i'm trying to draw from the dregs and uh, for me this year i want to keep my, fu- uh, my, my cup full so that uh, i'm sharing out of that full place out of the abundance but that actually comes from allowing god to continuously pour in the oil the holy spirit and being full. You anoint my head with oil, speaks of the Lord's ministry to refresh David's heart, particularly in light of the immediate threats of enemies. David imagines himself sitting at the Lord's banquet table while his adversaries gather all around. Being in God's presence rejuvenated David, giving him the strength to face all the challenges and pressures of life. His enemies could snarl and roar all they wanted, but in the shelter of God's presence, David would feast and be refreshed. In the Old Testament, kings, priests, and prophets were anointed, and David received an anointing from Samuel as a young teenager to be the next king of Israel. He was Called from the paddock where he was looking after sheep to be anointed. Anointed to be the next king. And then he was back with the sheep. Hang on, what's going on there? God was preparing him. Because how can you be king of Israel if you can't look after some sheep? So he was an amazing shepherd. And that enabled him to grow and become an amazing shepherd of Israel. Defeating Goliath. Wow, everybody's singing about your greatness and your goodness. And then he's uh, ministering to Saul, who was the king at the time. And Saul became mad, and he'd throw spears at him. And then David was running for his life, hiding in caves with assassins, hunting him down. And David said, my, my tears were my food day and night. David knew what it was like to be on the mountaintop. And David knew what it was like to be in the valley. He won, he won the, the battle against the, the Jebusites to Get a hill to Mount Zion to make a temple for the Lord, you know, a place of worship, another victory. But in his, in his family, there was incest, there was murder. Two of his children t- tried to um, take the throne from him. David knew highs and David knew lows, and David knew how to persevere. And so David knew what the valley was like and David knew what the banqueting table was like also. But he he understood the anointing. We live in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all flesh so we can all be anointed. And the anointing takes us from the ordinary to the extraordinary, from the natural to the supernatural. And we can have that anointing. Every sheep is marked. In the Middle East, uh, the shepherd would cut the ear of the sheep with his knife a certain way so it had a certain mark so the shepherd could say, that's mine. Well, you and I, we're marked by God and we're marked by the Holy Spirit. And God will say, this one's mine. I'm this one's shepherd. Amazing. So again, every Sunday is an opportunity to come out and to have a meal, to come to the table. Still waters at the table. And to be with our God, to hear the word of God, to worship him, to have all the benefits of the table with our God. Can I get the band up now, please? The table is a place of nourishment interaction, intimacy, family, fellowship, closeness and tenderness of God and God says I am going to put you at my table which sits in the midst of your enemies. When we draw close to God and have intimate fellowship and connection with the Lord it's not that our problems and our enemies disappear it's just that they don't matter. Think about this if our God is for us what does it matter who's against us? (laughs) If everybody in this room was against me, I know you're not, but if everybody in this room was against me and my God was for me, you're all outnumbered. (laughs) Do we put too much focus on our enemies and not enough focus and attention on our God? You see, We can come in and have Sabbath rest and sit at the table with our God and worship Him and look at Him and know that He is with us and for us and has our backs. Or we can sit at the table and look at everything that's wrong in our life, all our enemies. Did that person really say that? Can we, in the year 23, get Psalm 23 in our hearts and in our spirits And know that He is our shepherd. He walks beside us. He cares for us. He protects us. He loves us. He is with us. He is constantly there. Our ever-present friend. That's God on the line right now. (laughs) Just say, yes, Lord, I'm listening. (laughs) Speak to me. I'm here to be with you. If God is for us, who can be against us? We can, t- t- we can take delight in the comfort of his provision, his presence, protection, and care. Just think of his presence right now. Ah, oh, can we just be present right now and go, God, you're here. Wow, I'm in your presence. and i have your protection and you care for me wow enemies you watch me have this intimate moment with god can we stand to our feet You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, our shepherd, he goes before us, he walks beside us, and he comes up behind us with goodness, mercy, and love. David loved the house of the Lord. He said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, the house of the Lord is that place where we can come and hear from the Word of God, have a meal for our soul, for our mind, and have that wonderful connection and intimacy with God. Like this is a table. The church is a table of provision for spiritual food, mental food, It's good for us. And it's a place where we can come and we can worship our God. And Think about Jehoshaphat. He knew what it was like to be surrounded by enemies. Put the worship team out the front. And the enemies turned on each other. And they just focused on God. (laughs) And the breakthrough came. Why don't we do that now? Just put our focus and our attention on God. Right now, worship Him.